is the Star Wars Squadrons podcast. Thank you for checking it out. This week, I did have some technical issues in the live one, so it did start off a little funny where I wasn't there. I'm going to kind of piece a bit together from their responses here, kind of letting you know what the questions are beforehand and kind of letting their answers kind of fill in in there. So I did have some insights that were muted there. Sorry about messing this up, but thanks a lot for everyone checking it out, and it does kind of get normal pretty quickly into it. So thanks a lot, guys. Let's get into it. Hi guys, I'm Knight. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. How's it going, everybody? I'm uh, honored to be here. Love love these shows. So it started uh, back when the game started, actually. Uh, Painless, who's CA1, he's he's the one that sort of got together with some of his mates. They used to play together in Starfighter Assault back in uh, Battlefront 2 uh, as a, as a sort of team there, and then. Uh, they decided to make a whole new squad for for squadrons, so they called it the Cavern Angels, um, and uh, and started from there. Really, we we kind of randomly queued into why well, I randomly queued into Painless with Ralph because uh, me and Ralph met before uh, CA was even a thing uh, when we were both like level forty back in October. Um, and we decided to stick together because we, we both loved killing players, so we were both PKers, so we just ended up sticking together the whole time. Back then, dogfighting was the, the sort of more up-and-coming thing rather than fleet battles, um, at least it seemed that way. So, yeah, we randomly queued into Painless in a fleet battle, and Painless being Painless just adds everyone he he thinks is relatively all right at playing. Um, and then he said, look, do you want to guys, you know, do you guys want to join? And I said, yeah. Why not? You know, you, you, everyone knows what the solo queue is like, you know, or the duo queue. So, it, you know, the more people, the merrier. So I started out uh, trying to play with anyone and everyone. Just like, uh, I think I started, first group I ever joined was TRA because I saw an ad on like a, a Facebook group or something. And, and TFA, I, I saw, I remember the post. It was like a TFA posted and TRA was like, whatever, you guys have like 800 players, like TRA, you, you know, we gotta, we gotta build up the other side. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So I joined TRA and I started playing with them. And then that just kind of led to playing with all kinds of different uh, discords and, and groups. And I, I would play with literally everyone I could. Night and bro, but thanks for giving us the rundown on Cavernados. I'm also curious too, what is your background to flight games before Star Wars Squadrons? Knights, have you played any flight games before it um when i was really young i used to play flight simulator 2004 that was my kind of first entrance into flight games but i was never really that serious with it um what sort of brought me in since taking that long break is my job actually because uh, i'm an airline pilot oh so it's, wow it's, it's, a, it's a kind of different way of flying but it's uh <laughs> you know i don't pew pew things for example at work but boring isn't it <laughs> But uh, no, it's um, it's always something I've enjoyed doing. Um, you know, I was in um, in the UK. They're called the Royal Air Force Cadets um, when I was younger. So I just brought up that kind of military background and military sort of interest in flying. Um, but unfortunately, when I went to join the Royal Air Force, uh, wanting to be a pilot, it was 2008, 2009 when we had that massive recession. Um, so they didn't recruit anyone. So I had to spend a couple of years doing my flying training and then got into that that way. 
That's awesome. And so do you also play on a flight stick then, I would assume, just like you do in, when you fly? Uh, funny well, enough, no. No? You play controller? <laughs> I play controller. That's awesome. I do. Uh, mainly because uh, I wasn't sure how long this game was going to last, and it's the first flying game I've played in a while. Mm -hmm. So spending 200, 300 pounds in English money on on a proper setup i was i was wondering whether it was worth it uh, but I, I do regret not doing it actually because I, I i do i want it now <laughs> <laughs> well there's still time i mean there's other games bro but how about you how did you come to star wars squadrons were you a star wars fan have you played flight same games before um i really just came from yeah, definitely star wars fan to start i was i was trying to play every star wars game i could uh i've loved it since i was a kid um uh, I, I also have also enjoyed any vehicle game like uh, back in the day, like PS2, Gran Turismo, stuff like that, um, Rocket League now. Um, so if there's a vehicle game that comes out with Star Wars in it, I mean, that's it's it, the perfect, yeah, perfect storm. So I was back when um, the first EA Battlefront came out with the Starfighter Assault mode on it. I was on that thing hours and hours and hours. Like, I, I wish there had been some type of competitive scene there because i i really wanted to know like how how i would measure up um but so i i i got you know i i put tons of hours into there and then when the when the second one came out the 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 engine was even better so um i wish i had known about about like clans and stuff that back then uh to to try and join but um when squadrons came out it was like that i remember that first trailer like the first youtube trailer of like an entire game devoted to the the part of battlefront that i wanted to play yeah like, I, I was i was hyped like none of my friends could match so I, <laughs> I had to like they weren't as excited so i'm glad i found some new people to play with i mean i don't know if you guys felt the same way i kind of had like a group of like five people or six people who i got the game with and played with and then none of them stuck with it so we were just kind of <laughs> <laughs> i just was like i guess i gotta find some other people to play with now because like I'm, i was into it i liked it a lot uh so i guess you guys kind of found something similar. At what point did Cavern Angels Gold kind of get together and kind of get more more serious kind of there? So it's kind of it's an interesting story about Cavern Angels Gold because um, it was never really intended to be a thing. Um, <laughs> what happened was uh, we, or I was involved with, in the first Cal Cup, our, uh, Cavern Angels Squad 1, it was called back then, and th that was our team when we entered. It was me, Painless, uh, the horror, if you know him, um, Ham and Ralph, five of us together. Um, and we found during the tournament that a few of us were kind of butting heads together and it, the sort of synergy wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, I've always wanted to run my own team and so it was painless. So we decided to split separate ways and create our own teams. So create, uh, painless created his red squad. Um, and I picked my favorite color, which is gold. And I, um, I created my squad. Um, and I, I sort of looked at the sort of we have about 70 people-ish in CA at the moment. Uh, not all of them now playing regularly, but at the time they were. And uh, I kind of had a pick of who I thought would be my ideal squad. Um, and I wasn't picking people just purely based on skill. I was picking people based on their ability to sort of learn, adapt, and um, sort of adjust to, to their mistakes and, and can take that, you know, without reacting like a little child or something like that, you know, <laughs> and without getting angry. Um, so uh, I knew if I had that recipe with my team, I could, I could, you know, hopefully start to build these guys up to the point where they become, you know, 
self-sufficient at, at you know improving themselves and going off in their own time and starting to um, you know practice dumb fires or practice this and that without, without me having to keep on top of it and and I'm really happy to say that that has happened um, and that is what has caused now our sort of improvement over the last few months um, is that hard work um, and I'm glad I'm, I'm really proud to say that everyone in the team has stuck at it and they've they've gone from zero to hero and I'm really happy <laughs> to see that. I mean, I, I really think it's so true, though. Like, that's what you see in any team. Like, Splinter is working so hard to stay on the top. You know, all these teams are that, you know, you guys work so hard. Like, it doesn't come easy, I think, to any team to be able to compete. And I think that's why you might see some teams who were kind of up there might, like, fall off if they don't they don't work as hard. I mean, I definitely think Orange Squadron, too. We were definitely at a, a certain point where we were a little bit up there more, but we definitely have just not put in the work to be able to to stay there with a lot of these teams and it just shows i think definitely a couple tournaments we got like wide awakenings we're like oh we're not up to par with a bunch of teams i wonder too in my in my tier list i sometimes think too i'm a little bit behind sometimes in in some in some teams and i feel like every time like i think i feel like i nail it but then when it comes to i'm like "Ah, i was a little bit behind i feel like one time i was a little bit behind with you guys too and you were kind of coming up before i even realized it and I, I, you got to give it a credit to to that that hard work. Now, the game was kind of leaning on the empire a little more at one point. How did you guys kind of get through that time? Because you were still successful then as well. Um, it was mainly just sort of over practicing NR really, you know, as much as possible. Um, we knew that NR was the weaker faction because of the balance updates and whatever, and we knew we had to find some way of counteracting that lack of DPS that the Republic has. And the answer really came from a lot of old tactics that we used to use back, you know, back in the day when everyone was running thrust engine and everyone was doing torp the torps. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, the answer has always been there in the Republic loadouts. It's just everyone moved on from it because they mm -hmm. thought it was useless and mm -hmm. everyone was just chaffing them but then people realized when people stopped doing torp runs they stopped staying there chaffing things and now the meta is sort of shifting back towards torps being a thing again so yeah I'm, it was that yeah. that was like our like kind of our strat against you guys we we're just trying to get everyone torp running as quick as we could but one thing about you guys defense it's so disciplined and so fast like it seems to the point that you guys are calling it to kind of get back and you have your packs ready to dumb fire on the flip. You always have a frigate to off phase and you're burning Raider. And it's just like, seems like clockwork. Do you guys, do you guys practice that? Is that, just tell me about your defense strategy there a little bit. 100%. Yeah. Our, our strategy is based on not progressing as much as possible in, in the, in, you know, in the initial part of it and trying to get all the way to the ISD straight away. It's actually also about cutting the time that your enemy has to spend on their attack phase. Um, so it's, it's a sort of culmination of a lot of little things that add up to a big effect, if you know what I mean. So leaving that cruiser out of phase and if you have time, you know, getting the second one out of phase. Um, and, you know, killing people at the right time, not just going after whoever's near you, but killing people on phase flips that yeah. makes such a difference and is so backbreaking for the other team um it i didn't realize when i first you know created gold squad that these little things would make such a difference um and it's it, i think that's the difference between as you were saying earlier before we start sort of the top 16 and then the top eight or the top four it's realizing what all those little things are and putting it together um i don't know brother if, you, if you've got anything to add because you're you're on the um AI farmer side of things, aren't you? So. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's. Um, I, I want to add. There's like uh, 
there's the details of uh, you need to have uh, multiple people ready and able loadout wise to to be able to take down the raider shields as fast as possible because if you just have one guy with an ion torp like maybe he died unfortunately maybe he uh you know he's tied up dodging uh narcissist or mm -hmm. maybe he's tied up like uh, elsewhere or maybe the raider isn't doesn't spawn on his side of the map you need to have multiple options um with your loadouts um so that you can have somebody ready to take the shields down on the raider and number one get that morale fast and number two get uh you know stop the damage um but yeah there's also a large uh a really important communication factor with uh either me and ice or me and red or ice and red or whoever's in the squad at that point um about uh like uh, I'll usually call out like, "Hey Red, what do you want?" And and if he's near the raider, he'll start mm. like burning raider. And if mm -hmm. he's near, he's like, "I got a pack ready." Then I'll either look for a different pack, and or I'll I'll get ready to to do a raider, a raider burn. Um, so I I think planning ahead for the loadouts and having like comms be really efficient and open and 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 quick is is what helps with those defenses. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. If you get like a if you get one and even two if you get two frigates ready to out of phase and then uh you and then you you get one or two packs quick and then you get that raider it's over they didn't they had no time to do anything i mean and i've seen i mean I, i've played you guys a ton but i mean i played you guys enough that like i've i've seen these we knew it like we knew that's what was coming our, our goal against you was to not let you get that frigate off phaseable <laughs> just for and you still did we're like oh god like, you know what was crazy too what I thought, anyways, that we were like we we picked Nadiri to mitigate your farm, but you guys went triple. You had Empire. You went triple bomber farming. You had three guys with like ten farm. We're like, what? What? Like we just you just threw a curveball at us. How? How much do you plan your opponent and map? How much was that a factor for you guys? It's a huge factor. Uh, obviously, in day two of the tournaments, you can pick ban maps and factions and etc. And that is half of the battle it really is because if you end up on your least favorite map you're you're gonna tank it most of the time because everyone usually practices you know a certain set of maps or certain you know and they have the one or two that they absolutely hate and they, they just can't seem to figure out and if you can sort of ban those from the very beginning then that really helps in terms of you know practicing for teams um i think what really progressed us up to being in that sort of top four plus category was adjusting our strategy for those other top teams and scrimming them um, and just understanding how they play. You know, there's a very, very different tactic between, say, the Randalorians and, say, Splinter. Splinter is more of a PvE race. Randalorians mm -hmm. are, they've got that PvP down, but they're also massive PvP. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got to find ways of dealing with that. Um, and that was our that was our kind of aim and so we, we we tried to scrim them as often as possible as as often as they'd let us because obviously they don't want to let too much go in terms <laughs> of their strategies so um we took advantage of every opportunity we can and then uh, we saw one day arios um posted in the discord and he said um you know cheese is looking for scrims and i was like whoa what an opportunity because these guys are almost never around like you can never really organize that stuff with them and i think it's because they took on you know shazam and and uh their their new sort of tactics that they wanted to try them out so we thought bang this is this is a great opportunity to to learn from them and if we do end up going against them this is invaluable and that is exactly what happened in the tournament. <laughs> we went against them wow so. and we're gonna get into that one too i'm mean, gonna talk about i think the whole day too we'll talk about each matchup uh 
The thing that I just want to talk about, Twin Suns, that, honestly, I feel like it was such a success. Honestly, it was so much more. I mean, I love the Cal Cup series too, but with X reach, he was really able to catapult it to the next level. Like, it was incredible. Like, to see now it's got 30,000 views the day two. The day one has 40,000 views. Like, these are, like, I mean, bro, but you're coming from Rocket League. Like, those are, you know, legit numbers. Like, these are, like, real eSport numbers. So, I, I, I wonder if it's going to help the future of the game. I would I would love it to. So, this, this tournament, I feel like, was, was such a success. It was great to see that he was uh, not only broadcasting the high-level matches, but on day one, he was showing, he chose to show a lot of this sort of lower-level stuff as well. So people that are just joining the game could get a sort of appreciation of, yes, we can reach this level because this is the sort of mid-level between, you know, low-level and high-level. Uh, if people see that they don't have a huge amount to improve on to get to that stage, they'll want to work at it. Um, and it, yeah, that was really good to see. And then he stuck in those um, the sort of tutorials in between matches too. Mm -hmm. I was so happy awesome. to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were great. Um, and I, I think the, like getting a latch hold on those uh, on those new players is what will keep this game alive. Because you know, ch check out the um, the nerdy northerners who are in your chat actually at the moment. These guys were brand new to the game. Oh, nice. Not too long ago, and they they entered the Twin Suns tournament knowing you know potentially that they could get you know six nil or whatever mm -hmm. but they worked at it um and they they took advice from myself and ice cleric and zaster all these kind of different players right um and they've done such a good job they ended up winning most of their games you that's know? i mean uh, i've, I've such, actually i heard about this yeah we were watching them play like along the the road there that's awesome to see that like new teams coming up there was actually a fair amount of new teams um Players too who usually do, do are just doing dogfighting. They had some form, some teams to be in the fleet battles. Like shout out to uh, like Guild of Logsmith who does a lot of Twitch streaming. He had a team in there. I think that's pretty cool to see the community coming together there. And other things too, like the Cadet Cup. I know that's an, another one coming up there. There's different things for mid-level players too, and, and new players to like have kind of like get the inside the competitive. So I, I think that's kind of cool to see. I think there is. There is a future for squadrons there. We just kind of—it's kind of on everyone who plays it to kind of like you guys are doing with the nerdy northern nerdy northerners, kind of like, you know, uh, taking them under your wing, helping them. Like I think like teams new to that. I try to direct new players to the different discords as well. I think that's kind of the key moving forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, the second round after you made it through orange somehow, you made it on to <laughs> the Randalorians, which. I didn't get to, to see the series. That one wasn't cast. So why don't you guys kind of tell me about that one? What was your approach going towards the randos? Like you had said, it was a little bit, you knew they had more PvE, PvP rather. <laughs> so they um, they actually casted the second two games, but not the first one that we lost. So I'm kind of glad they didn't. <laughs> cast that one. But, um, so um, the Randalorians, as you say, massive heavy PvP team. Avenger and Jester, a deadly combo going around and just annihilating people left, right, and center. You know, even the most evasive of us, when they're both on you, you know, you're just going to die. You just have to accept that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so and we've tried before, we've scrimmed them before, we've got experience against that, and we saw that putting pressure on Avenger and Jester didn't really work. It kind of delayed that sort of deaths on our side, um, on our defense, but it didn't really give us any progress as such um so we took a sort of second approach me and ralph in particular um as our sort of pvp combo um we saw that we put pressure on their bombers the bombers would just get repaired all the time and their bombers had a really good and really high reliance on that support 
to get repaired in the heat of the moment, you know, instead of running away. So the key to unlocking, you know, getting that 10 morale every kill was actually not starting with the bombers, but starting with the support. Um, and don't get me wrong, Submo is a very, very good <laughs> pilot. But again, if you've got two PVPers on you, there's not a huge amount you can do, especially if they've got iron missiles and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So we changed our tactic a bit to focus Submo, um, and then we just chipped away at their bombers, just like they were chipping away at ours. Um, but I think in, in those couple of games, we managed to do it a bit faster than them. Um, and that, yeah, that was the main strategy behind it. Um, our sort of attack phase, um, we didn't really change because it's not like, because their game is very different to Splinter, um, we've scrimmed them in the past and we know that it's very rare that they one phase our ISD or our MC-75. So mm -hmm. we know that we can take a defense, whereas Splinter, they just go straight through you. And, and if you let them, they will just completely one phase you. And then if they don't, they'll just add a phase anyway. So <laughs> 60, <laughs> 70 health, like it's it's still never yeah, it's, if you get that flip. It's so crazy. Yeah. To, I mean, that's what, yeah, they've, they've done it. Did it, did it to us too. Yeah, they walked to us too. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's incredible to see that, uh, that, that you had the mindset going in, you know, you had the experience to be able to make that, to make that change and kind of mitigate their, their PVP because you basically thought you could win the PVE race once you did that kind of. Yeah, that's awesome. And then rely yeah. on your defense. I feel like, yeah, more and more too, when I'm looking back, I'm just like, the defense is just not there. Whereas I feel like in a lot of ways, for my looking back at Orange, our team, the defense isn't there in a lot of ways. And I feel like that's just kind of been a progression of the game at this point defense is winning games a lot more am i am i is it you know what i'm saying like it seems like the meta is is to off phase thing off phase the frigates to to make sure you get the morale bump as much as you can there get the cruisers quickly fast ai farm it seems like defense win games what do you what do you think broba uh i think there's there's definitely something in that um the what you want is the most amount of time on on offense if you can have two phases where you get a full uh, and this is this is sometimes uh, a factor on the joust too if you um if you win if you win the joust but you only have like you know a hair over the middle line that that might not actually work in your favor like because you get set up and you try and do some bombing runs and you get but then if they flip you are on your back foot and you are not ready for their first offense so um it's it's sometimes uh, if you can get two good full offensive phases and keep but but still be prepared for that defensive flip and then get their uh, get their offense to be a fraction of the time that your offense was even if they're technically beating you like DPS wise mm -hmm. like and you know sometimes faction has a, a bearing on that like Empire on on Yavin or Nadiri, like there's there's just a mathematical advantage because Empire can do more damage per second than uh, New Republic can. So, um, as farmers and as as defenders, you need to try and have that or, or decimate that as much as you can. Because if you can give your uh, your team two full length offensive phases and keep them to maybe like one and a quarter one and a half then that will make a huge difference like even if they're out damaging you and if even if they're more efficient than you um they just don't have enough time to do what you can do on yours yeah i think so especially because like we're saying the game is all about leaving that one frigate off i mean now even too when i'm like got the random people in our solo queue i'm just like screaming through the, putting the heads down like, leave see leave charlie leave charlie just screaming at people to leave it now and they don't get they're like no it's seven i'm gonna shoot it and there's no don't <laughs> it's such a it's definitely like the new meta but it's hard to kind of 
explain to people to do it. Um, I definitely like to, to see you guys kind of explain it too. Is there another, maybe I'm wrong. I heard someone kind of mention this about there's a period when it flips to where the AI is still worth three from the opening. Is that true? Do you guys, do you guys know about this? Is it something that I just heard about? So, um, um it, I think if, what you may be talking about is when when the phase flips at that instant point and it's saying fall back, prepare for defense or prepare for attack, that is when everything counts as if it was the next phase. Uh, basically. So you can actually from get that point. so from that point. So there's a point period there where you can still get the you can kind of milk the morale in those weird kind of bumps actually. Is that did you guys use that at all? Um not intentionally, I, I must say. Not, okay. not from my side. Because that would be like an advanced no. sorry, go ahead, bro. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I, I was just saying, like it was. Uh, it, that would kind of be like your. You basically have to be almost farming, like while you're still on offense, which is not, um, not the, You know, that's not really going to pay off unless you know for a fact that it's going to flip right at that exact second. Yeah. So, I guess it would be in those those ones when it's a hair and you're just waiting to like, and then once it flips, yeah. then you do it to just give a little extra morale and boost it a little bit. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of. A, so what was your thinking then going in? preparing for this tournament with new republic versus empire did you guys have a favored faction did it come down to opponent and what were you thinking for that our best um our best faction has always been empire uh as it is, it is with most teams and it's been that way for a while because that was the way to win because you know you, you saw it before this current balance patch how sort of unbalanced the empire was in terms of in favor of winning um so we practiced a hell of that we practiced a hell out of empire and everything and actually running up to this tournament it, it sort of completely flipped on us without us sort of making any conscious effort we went into queuing in ranked in five in our five stack and we got republic game after republic game after republic game and you know how it is sometimes you just get constant constant faction stick yeah um and it happened to us for an entire day and we managed to get a huge amount of practice in with that and we thought hmm, maybe we actually need to get good at this because mm -hmm. <laughs> we were losing against people that we thought we never would like you know uh, so we needed to um to, to get that practice in so we started training for republic only stuff so when you were approaching a team like randalorians did you have did you have a preference on which faction you would be for you know knowing you needed to you know take out the support um <laughs> Not really, because at the, at the end of the day, we knew it wasn't going to be our choice. Because uh, most of the time during the qualification day, you know, day one, uh, we knew that Randos, Cheese, and Splinter will probably get the highest seed. So they're going to be able to to choose the faction at the very beginning. So, and you know, it may work the other way. It may it may have worked out that we got the highest seed, but you can't really control that. So all you can do is practice both. Um, and just try and, and do your best at both. And we know we can beat, you know, most teams on Empire, uh, but we were, at one point, we were very, very unsure about how we could take games away from people when we were forced to be NR on the first game. Because then you would have to, for the, for the run back as NR? What do you mean by that for the first game? So, um, you, know, you know, when the higher seed chooses the faction, they usually choose Empire. Uh -huh. If it ended up in that situation, um, I was thinking to myself, look, how can we, um, how can we actually power through this and and win as NR because mm -hmm. we have to yeah. because most of the time it's best of three, right? And yeah. you only get the chance uh, at your first, uh, your second faction once, which is mostly Empire for us if we were the lower seed. Ah, so okay. we knew we'd have to win two New Republic games um, to or win the new, 
win the first Republic game to actually get that 2-0 mm -hmm. um, to progress. And I think that is what stopped us initially going from top four to contender for winner um, because we would end up doing well in day one and then going up against Rando, Splinter, Cheese, IG without the choice of, of the first faction. And then we just lose because we weren't practiced enough in NR. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we definitely focused that for sure. Did, does map then how big of a factor is map for for that faction if you've got the choice then of you don't have the choice of, of a faction at least you have some choice in map what would you go with for new republic uh, uh, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh so we had a lot of intense discussion about this at one point we just it, it, at one point I, I don't remember if we if we are still sticking with this exact logic but uh there was one where um we just came at it with math, and it's like, okay, well, the Empire has a higher DPS. Our best chance of countering that is with short defenses. The shortest defenses come on maps with the easiest farm. Therefore, you want uh, you want Yavin. You want Esselus. You want the maps where you can easily, as a Y-Wing, uh, find packs of AI as fast as possible and get that, get that AI moving to counter the the biggest the, the the higher dps of empire just don't give them a, as much of a chance to use it so um for a while there that was a little bit that that was kind of where we went like if we knew um uh if we knew that we were going to have rebel first we would try and get yavin um but that also kind of went a little bit um it twisted a little bit sideways with um how the 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 top four teams were playing at the end too so mm. like if we knew that um like we know a1 loves galatan then maybe we try not to give him galatan mm. or if we knew like someone uses this particular type of uh you know type of attack then don't give them Fostar because they can use that and then get out or like uh you know kind of stuff like that it got it got really uh right really hairy and sometimes uh, <laughs> doing the mental gymnastics trying to be like okay well if they yes. do this then we'll do this but what if they do that then we'll go this way yeah you kind of got to stay i yes. mean at this level some yeah and sometimes like i'm i'm just on the imperial side of our squad and so sometimes when they were talking about new republic maps i was like i i i'm, I'm out dude i can't even worry I, about yeah i did notice that you were so you went with kind of a slightly different lineup i guess strategically you guys went a different way depending on faction there too what, what was the thinking there uh, no, I think um, Knight sorry, is just going. sorry. I think Knight is just generous enough that like I'm way more comfortable in Tie Bomber than I am in in a Y wing and and Red and and I'm much less evasive than both Red and Ice in a Y wing as well. And so you want, especially at those high levels, mm -hmm. you want someone who can do the dip, dive, duck, and dodge. That I'm, you know, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit. I I I think I'm learning, but I'm still not. You know, there. Well, now I'm curious. How do you fly your Tie Bomber? Do you shunt charge your Tie Bomber and then? What's your your fly oh, style? Yeah, with yeah, it? yeah, definitely. Uh, I almost uh, basically the the power is in uh, other than the joust and the dumb fires. There's a specific thing for that, but there's other than the um, other than that uh, power is in weapons uh, all the time, and then you um, you you just shunt to get the boost that you need, and then that uh, that'll get you get you in and out. Mm -hmm. um, and get you, or like on the bombing runs, it'll get you out to to uh, get um, get the resupplies, or it can power in engines is a little bit uh, Are a you... little bit helpful on the exact bombing run, like for the shield gens on the M seventy five, just to get you a little like pa in past the shields before the tractor beam gets you. But right, but do that's you? Just um, my too. What, what's your what's your uh, 
primary weapon and engine for that for your shunt charging uh slam versus jet is an interesting um mm-hmm. situation uh i like slam uh ice cleric is a huge on our team is a huge uh advocate of slam engine and mm-hmm. i've been using jet forever and it i mean there were other problems with my controls too that we figured out one day it was very embarrassing for me but um <laughs> eventually i just did a test i was like you know what i'll do a few a few games with jet engine and a few games with slam engine all the games with slam engine i had like two less deaths so i just ended up going with that and it's i it's great because if if you have the power going where it's supposed to be you just have eight or nine drifts that you can do boosts and drifts Mm -hmm. that you can do before you're before you're running low so i mean i I love that style. I like it with a TIE fighter a little bit more, a little easier. I feel like that's like training wheels version. The bomber's just like a little bit slower and a little tougher, so I haven't quite figured it out <laughs> on that level. But it, it's, uh, yeah, definitely uh, really fun to fly that ship that way. And you can s- clearly see, like, people having success with it. But then, I guess, it doesn't translate to the Y-Wing, kind of like you're saying, which is like a different thing that, you know, I'm still trying to figure out that Y-Wing. People are people are loving it now, though, for sure. With The, the boost helped. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it definitely made it more relevant and you can take it, you can take it in more safely. And, uh, like I'm, I'm still even still new to, pa- I'm also on an Xbox controller and I was, I was way, way behind on, on changing the power or advanced power. Um, so I'm still, still figuring it out and it's, it's definitely improving, um, you know, over time, but, um, yeah, it's still so, still still ways to go. I'm curious about this because I'm not on an advanced power management. On I'm on a Series Two controller. I'm I'm on console. Are you on Are you on PC? Do you use advanced power management on PC or console? Yeah, we're um we're both on PC. Okay. So, um, I th- I, th- I think someone in your chat asked this question actually and wanted to know about um you know how we make that work on controller because the problem with controller in squadrons is that you can't um assign a button for some reason to maximize power when you're when you're using advanced power management and that means that every time you've got to if you sign your power management to the d-pad you've got to make like four button presses before you can actually get the max power and it's <laughs> it's really inefficient um so both of us use a program called anti-micro hmm. um and that allows you to assign a d-pad button to a keyboard button so all, all we do is we sort of bypass that that sort of thing that they've left out of squadrons for controller players which is allowing you to maximize power which we just, we just assign maximize power to one two three on your keyboard um and then the program it goes through anti-micro and that allows you to press one button um on your controller for each one of those maximized powers so um you know it's not a macro it's not it's not cheating it's <laughs> nothing like that it's just leveling the playing field so that you you know with your controller setting you can you know you can do exactly what the keyboard players can you can do what the the hotas players can um so yeah that's the way we do it that's uh, yeah i just got my pc set up like, as you can see that's why i don't have any technical difficulties in the podcast this week and i'm definitely gonna ask you about that because i need to set up for once i move over to pc with squadrons i uh, definitely want to get that maximized power because you know i mean everything from like shield skipping to just better power management where you pick up that extra little bit is just such an advantage on uh, having that so i definitely want to try that i want to try it out the other way see how the see how the other half lives for a while there <laughs> <laughs> So you guys were, you know, able to make it through Randalorians in the three-game series. Where, where was the third the third game then in that one? Which faction and which map was it on, actually? Uh, do you remember, Brabba, about that one? Uh, it was definitely Rebels, right? Um, yeah, we won as NR, yeah. Right. I, really, I, I it was Essex, say... wasn't it? 
I was, I was about to say, I want to say Esselus. Mm-hmm. Which is another, yeah, um, map, one of the maps that you guys often would try to get out there, Esselus and Ab- Yavin, like you I, said. And I think it was one, just one of those things where the, it was like, I, I remember sitting, because I was watching that game, obviously, since I was, and I remember, like, throwing my chair back, be like, we won the joust! Like a, <laughs> and it just, uh, you know, sometimes the joust is often, like, one of those, uh, like, one of, one of the match killers. So, like, if, you, if you're both doing evenly, it, it, even damage and, and doing your, your stuff well, it goes down to who won the joust. And that came through it. So then you're moving on, you know, to cheese. Like you said, you had scrimmed them a little bit, so you kind of had an idea. Maybe you were one of the few teams who kind of knew what it was like with Shazam out there. How did you guys prepare for them? Um, so cheese were coming in with a really unique strategy, which no other team in the tournament that I know of was running. Um, no. And that is a strategy without support, um, except in the Joust. So in the Joust, they ran a support to... Um, to squadron mask them and to tax shield them which was interesting we again we hadn't seen that for a while since squadron mask was nerfed uh, <laughs> everyone's been running resupply and beacons now plus the shields um, that's like a stock loadout <laughs> yeah yeah it's basically to i think it's basically to sort of tank their bombers up to the point where it's very difficult to kill them and mm-hmm. then to hide them so they can definitely get those packs um and it worked it worked i guess as we in the five games that we played against cheese we lost four of the five jousts against them um so that was that's obviously worked out for them um however the issue i think if they were playing against another team i I can't really speculate too much but if they were to play against a team like randos with really really excellent pk it would probably backfire because they've then well what the support does is he he sort of flies in does his business does his tax shield does his mask at the right time and then goes out and is, he's out for the entire phase right because so he's got to do that switch is going to take time to make happen yeah and and then it's a 4v5 you know at that stage um so we found it very strange that they were doing that um uh and so we by the by the time we got to the fifth game with cheese we kind of realized what we needed to do to kind of counter it and the answer wasn't really going after their bombers funnily enough it was going after their defenders because um, they, they were running three of them. Arios, um, uh, Shazam, and who's the third one? Um, it's not D-Strick, it's the other one, I can't remember. But, um, not Cheese. Yeah, essentially... Oh, shoot, whoever the fifth person is, sorry, we can't remember right now. Yeah. Uh, and what those three were doing, essentially, were just piling onto our bombers and putting in that PvP pressure straight away. Um, and you would see Arios and Shazam sort of team up against one, and then uh, the other one would go against our other bomber. And so we were losing Joust because our bombers were getting killed and then they would get all their packs. And yeah, it, it was a very difficult thing to come back from. Um, but we noticed that what they would do every time with both defenders on, on one bomber is they would sort of... Because Arios needs to be really close, right, to use his plasma person. He needs to be within sort of 300 meters to make it really, really effective. And what him and Shazam do is, it, at least in our games, that's what they did. That They came in and parked behind one of our bombers and just absolutely annihilated them from behind so what we did was we we told ham our support player to run iron lasers and we told ralph who is one of our main pkers to to team up with ham whilst i put pressure on their bombers um and they and that that double team there stripped their shields whilst they were sitting there and ralph would annihilate them with his burst cannons and he took out both of them in that final phase in that final game and that's why we won that joust um so it was 
yeah, it's one of those things where we wouldn't do it against a normal team, but you have to adapt, right? You have to mm -hmm. adapt to stay in that top four. So uh, we knew we had to bring it all out in that game um, and just try and think of a big brain way to counter these guys. <laughs> there's not much you can do against three defenders, you know, if, if they try and P PK you the whole game. It's, it's hard to stop. Yeah, I'm trying to look back. You won two New Republic games against them, too. Those last two games were both New Republic. Yes. So that's, you know, kind of impressive, too. You know, I mean, I'm trying to think, overall in the tournament, do you think you won evenly with both factions? I feel like there was much more balance in it, it seemed, just looking at it. Yeah, I think so. I think we won. Isn't that right, brother? I think we won. Um, we didn't win a sort of spate of Empire games and then almost no Republic. It was a very good balance there. No, it felt it felt this. Uh, that's what I think illustrates the fact that this this last balancing update was, uh, you know, successful. Um, or maybe not the last one. Maybe the the one before, because um, <laughs> it, it it balanced out um, X wing and and Y wing a little bit. And uh, I think if you even if you look across like the whole tournament, tournament wide in the in the last Cal Cup. It was very empire heavy on the wins, mm -hmm. and um, it was it was almost like ninety percent in the in the top sixteen bracket. It was like empire win, then empire win on the other side, then empire win on the other side, and whoever won the whoever had the higher seed and got to pick empire for more games would would move on. And in this tournament, I think it was it was much less faction dependent. Yeah, that was that was really cool to see. I mean, everyone wants you know wanted the A wing to get a little help. They wanted a little bit of a nerf to the bomber, but at least. They didn't ruin the game by doing those things or something. Throw it out. They kept it in a safe place, I think, for... I mean, long-term, I think that's a good... I think it's in a good place, anyway. If this is where it is, at least it's balanced until someone figures something dumb out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that one you were able to... You know, you had another Nadiri win there, too. You had a different... You didn't play Nadiri uh, against against cheese the way that you played nadiri against us you had um you didn't go with with three y wings that way how did you take approach that nadiri against them differently if you remember um so i believe uh we were empire weren't we on nadiri is that right no cheese was empire okay. actually on that one uh, cheese was empire mm -hmm. um are, no are you sure hmm well because i'm pretty check. sure i remember playing cheese on hold on We'll double check it right now. Apparently, I have a timestamp for it. <laughs> Going to it on Nadiri Cheese is. Yeah, you're right. You guys were. You were right. You guys were right. You were new. You were Empire on Nadiri. Correct. So, um, remind me. Can you see there what our configuration was? Uh, in terms of two defenders, two bombers. That's right. Because actually, yeah, that, that was my point. Because you went three bombers with us, and you only had the two bombers, two defenders. Whereas you went three bombers, one tie fighter support against us, and you had two defenders, two bombers, one support against uh, Cheese and Nadiri. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, Nadiri is a bit of a it's a bit of a funny one, and it really depends on who you're playing, right? So mm -hmm. um, we know for a fact that Cheese don't run a lot of ICT. Um, they they, yeah, it really comes down to that for our, our, our sort of initial strategy. We have two kind of different strategies depending on what we think the other team will do. So um, the one where we think loads of ICT is going to come out will run a TIE Fighter and three bombers, for example. Um, but if we think that there's going to be minimal to none, we'll run two defenders, two bombers, because that's our kind of most practice, most effective loadout. Like for me, for example, as a player killer, I feel the most confident in the defender mm -hmm. because it's so much more maneuverable um 
and so in my opinion so much more survivable without support than a tie fighter is because the tie fighter only has so much hull before you need you know if they chip away at you you need to then run away and, and resupply or get resupplied um whereas the defender you know they just chip down at your shields and you run away and recharge them and come straight back you know yeah, <laughs> so, yeah i know what you're saying i mean that yeah. tie, that tie fighter is a low-key amazing ship i mean i i love it but I, I i know what you're saying it doesn't have the damage output so it needs to be resupplied constantly too yeah it, it totally well, makes sense funny enough the i love the tie fighter don't get me wrong mm -hmm. i think it's a really understated ship and i mm -hmm. think more teams should start to use it for two reasons so the burst cannons are hilariously powerful on mm -hmm. the tie fighter you know if you ion disable someone and you're you're on target they're going to die mm -hmm. you know even if they get out in two seconds you're going to kill them with overcharged tie fighter burst cannons uh, and two, you can carry an ion missile. Um, okay. uh, sorry, ion uh, torpedo. That's right, yeah. So um, that just lets you get in not only your own team's damage, but passive damage a lot earlier. So carrying, say, a torpedo instead of a concussion missile is actually worth it because you'll often do more passive damage to the frigate than you would with six concussions in the time that you know it takes for your team to get in behind you and, and actually start mm -hmm. doing damage. You know, so. Um, yeah, there's a bit of kind of math involved there, and I'm sure Fenkar's done loads of spreadsheets on how it all works <laughs> and everything, which is why they were running it too. You know, Scout runs in a, in a mm -hmm. TIE fighter sometimes. Yeah, I, I really like flying the TIE fighter with uh, like either either piercing an ion torp or ion missile and an ion torp or whatever. There's so many. There's a lot of different combinations you can do. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's a lot of place for that ship. It's just that the bombers so strong. You see a ton of it there. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the other thing that was interesting, too, that you had that rough out of phase from Shazam where he was just kind of, it was on an SLS and he was just kind of using those those back rocks to just kind of protect himself. I feel like that was kind of eye-opening for a lot of people on how to do, like, an out of phase on SLS. What did you guys think of that when it was happening? Yeah, that was um, that was interesting. I didn't know about it until Ice Cleric started screaming because he was the one back in a Y-Wing and mm -hmm. he was like, Shazam's here, Shazam's here. He's still, he's still out of phasing. And, uh, you know, there's there's nothing you can do. You know, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Are you going to commit your entire team to stop one guy, you know, trying to out of phase your MC or are you just going to try and progress as much as possible? There's there's a balancing act there, right? Mm -hmm. So Ice Cleric stayed behind because he had ICT and he was trying to, to do that. But again shazam doing shazam things um he did really well <laughs> what and are you I, gonna I, do yeah exactly i spoke to arios about this um and he was saying that they didn't even know that shazam was doing it so <laughs> again, shazam doing shazam things he went on his own and he won it for them so you know this is really good <laughs> oh man so yeah you guys you got through that one that was i mean that was a crazy one i feel like i mean plus you were down. You had to do the two-game comeback as well. You had to win the two games in a row. That that was huge. That one. So you're moving on. What was your approach now? You said you had you know you had done some scrimming against Splinter, but what were you thinking going into now the finals? We were thinking this is going to be bloody hard, right? Because <laughs> we haven't had the best success with Splinter, you know, since we started scrimming them from the very beginning. Um, we know what their strategy is. Uh, we just never really figured out how to counter it properly um so we knew that it is going to be you know well, we've got to fly at our absolute best to get any chance of being close to winning this and i think everyone on the team knew that um so what we tried to do was just keep everything crisp keep everything clean um make sure no one's wasting time so we, we practiced those in custom games we practiced um you know flipping phases and getting you know 
uh, getting in and getting out and preparing for defense and all that kind of stuff. So at least we would have that kind of locked down. And then we went into the match with really not much clue of how we would we would counter them. <laughs> and, and we sort of learned as we went along. Um, luckily, we, you know, we won the first game um, because our Empire game is quite strong. Um, and then we lost our we lost our second Empire game, funnily enough, uh, because they really like what map was it? Was it? Um, uh, I can't remember now. You lost, yeah. So so the first game was Galatan. I have you guys as Empire winning, and then the second game was Xavian, which I have New Re uh, Splinter winning as New Republic. Yeah. So Xavian has. Splinter has already put this in public knowledge, but Xavian has a slight disadvantage for Empire throughout the entire game mm -hmm. versus New Republic, because two of the AI, for some unknown reason, they go and crash into something before they even get very far in the map. So um, Empire has, you know, that that little bit of loss of advantage over over Republic. So that's why Splinter has kind of practiced Xavian to hell and back and, and really kind of perfected their strategy on it uh, and it's why they're banning Xavian out of SEO. Um, oh are they? So that, that, yeah they are so that so they don't want teams they, they don't want it unbalanced they don't want to put teams on the back foot from the very beginning. That's pretty fair um, that's so a good that's a good reason that. then I mean the thing that I don't like it about it is that it's so thin that uh, when you're like shunt charging a lot if you're having any sort of like lag issues and you need to do like extra boost kind of to like mitigate that sort of lag issue it's just so thin you don't have the room to kind of move across it because of that i, I just hate that so it, it really frustrates me i feel like i'm always just like just on the limits of it and coming back constantly and it really drives me crazy <laughs> you are preaching to the choir here because <laughs> yep I, i've just moved into a new place um and i don't currently have fiber internet installed here i don't have any kind of internet installed here so what what they gave me and i, I just laughed at them when they gave me when i moved in they just gave me it's called a buzz box um and it's just a it's a mobile network router that allows you to play on 4g and i've been playing on that for the last month and a half two months um so shunt shunt charging and shunting and, and flying any of those kind of ships has been a no-go absolutely no because i tried <laughs> flying a tie bomber and you know, I, I end up flying a TIE fighter like an X-Wing where I run jet and I, I typically, you know, do a few micro boosts around mm -hmm. and I'll recharge my engines. That's the only way I can play it right now until mm -hmm. my internet gets installed. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of easier to PvP that way, though, which, I mean, you kind of do, too, when you're in the uh, the TIE fighter a little bit as well. Yeah, true. With the burst, um, you know, finishing them off. Yeah. Uh, burst cannon is actually made a bit harder by having a higher ping. Uh, because you, you need to be pretty much pinpoint accurate You're to get right, three yeah. shots on. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, it is very difficult. Whereas with a sort of a standard laser, you could you get a sort of beam of of lasers and you can kind of adjust it, and and the game will kind of say, oh yeah, you're hitting them now eventually, yeah. um, and it'll just put a stream of damage on them. Um, the one disadvantage I found coming up to now in the last one and a half two months is that when someone's behind me and someone's shooting me, I don't get told that I'm being shot until I've lost almost half my health. <laughs> yeah, it's a little late. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I gotta go and fly off. Oh, maybe that's what I'll blame when someone shreds through me. It's my connection, that's why they shredded me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you had Susubo, which is that a, that's another one that comes up a lot in competitive play. What do you guys think about Susubo? Do you have a preference for a faction there? I um, do. Yeah, so go on, Brubby, yeah, tell them what you think. I, I love Susubo because on the Joust, so one of the things I did prepping for this tournament was try and get as consistent as I could on dumb fires. Um, 
every map at both factions. Um, and there's some that are easier than others. There's some that are more consistent than others. Susubo is one where I, when I'm on Empire, I can get a dumb fire to hit four or five of the top pack every time. And then I can, I'm right, and the, the second pack is right below it. So as long as they don't, we don't allow an insta flip in the first, like, I don't know, 10 seconds of the engagement, I'm going to have like nine to 10 AI that are completely dead. So I always feel really, really good about Imperial Jousts on Susubo. Um, whereas the, the, the dumb fires on the rebel side are a little bit less, um, uh, they're a little bit more hindered. Like there's mm. stuff in between. You have to wait for them to come around or like there's, it's, it's not as, it's not as easy. And so, yeah, yeah. That, that does happen on some maps like um, Foster, uh, Xavian too, where like the AI will also go kind of like around those rocks that must make those dumb, some of those dumb fires a lot tougher depending on the time, I guess, that you send it. The window to send it is a lot tighter. Mm. I'd hate Susubo on when we're NR because as a flex guy, I spend a lot of the time on the, on the attack doing damage um, and a lot of the time on defense doing PvP. And PvP is fine, you know, you just dodge around the, the, the obstacles and whatever, but um, one of the Imperial cruisers goes and parks itself in that sort of circular, mm -hmm. you, know, yeah. you know, on the right-hand side, yeah, that circular know. sort of structure. And me trying to um, trying to do my usual, you know, somersault flip around there, I always end up crashing into it. So that's why I've hated <laughs> that game for, that map for a while. Yeah, some people hate that one, or it ruins the lock-on too for people. That yeah, that one definitely can can yeah. drive people a little bit crazy. I mean, so you guys were up to one two on splinters. How are you feeling going into game four? We were feeling good because we knew we had two chances to beat them. Um, and the more chances you have, you know, the more chances, you know, how many times can you fuck up before you win? You know, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the kind of uh, the way of thinking about it, right? Um, so we were feeling good um, and we put uh, kind of our all into that game um, and it worked. You know, the, the Susubo, luckily we got a lot of weak points in the right place and we got um, the opportunity to add a phase, which we're pretty out of practice with, and it's something we need to improve. Um, but when it's down to like sort of 14, 13 health, which I think it was, um, you know, almost anyone can do that. It's mm -hmm. all about just how fast you do it. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that we're going to try and improve on now is doing that quicker because we saw on the stream that Splinter got RMC from 100 to 2 in the same time that we got their Star Destroyer out of phase from 14 to 0. Um, so that needs to be quicker, and that is the, that as a team we need to improve on. Yeah, it's funny, like, at that highest level, it's like every second counts. Like, you know what I mean? Avoiding those switches, staying out there, getting the AI, just all that stuff. It's just such a, uh, you know, in any competitive game, it kind of comes down to those those slight decisions, which is crazy to see. I like that so much better than when it just seemed like the Empire had so much... Like, you could make so many mistakes on Empire at a certain point, and, like, New Republic, you have to play this perfect game. It's like now, both sides, you have to play almost a flawless game to, you know, beat teams like Cavern Angel Gold at the highest level. I think that was the biggest, strongest heart attack I ever had, <laughs> trying to, like, watching Knight out of, slowly out of phase, you know, as fast as he could from behind the Star Destroyer as... as our MC-75 is just going bloop, 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 <laughs> like all the way down around that circle. Oh, Gut-wrenching. And then kind of Splinter came back on uh, yeah the S-list. They had New Republic. And I don't know. Walk me through that one. What, what about that game? 
we both both teams played an amazing game that time um and i think uh the outcome of that game pretty much came down to us losing the joust um so we both did exactly what we needed to do at the right times and got the right goals um and and you know and got through all the gates and all that kind of stuff so it all i think it all came down to another weakness of ours which is winning that first phase um and there are so many different ways and so many you know sort of in moment decisions that you can make to change the outcome of that when do you burn the radio when do you kill a player when do you get some ai and all this kind of stuff it's it's so difficult to find that balance um, and we're not quite there yet. We need to go away and have some discussions about that before we go into more tournament playing because against all of these teams, we pretty much lost the joust, I would say, 75% of the time. Mm. Um, and luckily, in a lot of those games, we were able to bring it back, uh, but in some, we're not. So I don't like those odds. I don't like, <laughs> you know, only a 25% chance of winning. We need to bring that up. Sure. Well, I mean, I think it speaks to, again, like I've talked about it, your defense is crazy how quickly got you guys were getting those flips. So I think you were able to at least kind of find the balance there. If you weren't winning those openings, you were at least kind of mitigating it a lot of times with those quick defenses. Um, it's going to be cool to see in SEL. I mean, they keep track, I believe, of the openings too. So you'll kind of see how you guys are doing as it, as it kind of moves along there. Um, game five... Yavin, Splinter had Empire too, which I feel like, I feel like you know, I think Yavin is better for Empire. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it is. It's better for Empire because the thing is, we used to think, as Brebba said earlier, we used to think that Yavin was great for Republic because you could counter their fast DPS with a fast farm on defense uh, and get those phases in really quick. But the you know the, re the reality of the situation is that Empire can do exactly the same back to you. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Empire actually has the advantage of the fast farm and the higher DPS. So, um, we we were a bit nervous going into that game for sure, mm -hmm. um, and we knew that it was likely if we lost the joust we'd lose the whole game. Uh, so we tried our hardest in that joust. I think that the commentators were saying that that is one of the longest jousts they've seen in competitive squadrons so far uh, and it really was it almost came down to the wire and they got a, they got a couple of kills on our bombers right at the last second mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately it flipped it in their direction but if i'm totally honest they rolled us in that game so what happened was we lost that joust they then got both of our cruisers down to out of phaseable um we flipped and then that's half of your morale gone already and then Yavin you might as well not even bother going on attack you might as well just go stay <laughs> for defense, defense. <laughs> you yeah. know when you've got half a morale bar what's the point yeah um, they're gonna line up packs so, pretty quick there and take yeah. it yeah so that that's kind of a bummer when you saw it like kind of like the writing on the wall there but I mean you guys had such a great tournament I mean obviously you know, being runners up is amazing too you guys played so good I mean X kind of even described United I believe as like the anime hero of the tournament how do you feel about that <laughs> yeah I had, like, I had like plot armor that was 15 inches thick right? <laughs> so, um, a lot of the time uh, I, I was, I was um, speaking to um, Squiddy earlier from Rando Rando SQ I was speaking to him earlier about uh, about 
what it was like from the the audience kind of perspective watching those games and he just said it was basically the night and the scalp show <laughs> essentially <laughs> um and you know everyone's gonna just focus on what me and him are doing and um but they they miss the perspective on what my team was doing as well so despite me you know sitting there on susubo for example and out of phasing the star destroyer it wasn't me that finished it i'll, I'll tell you that right now it, I, I i did I did from about 14 health down to seven. Um, and whilst I was mid turning right at the end, you can watch it back um, on my screen. The Star Destroyer just goes from seven to zero and disappears. Um, so that was one of my teammates. I don't know who it was. One of them <laughs> bringing in a piercing proton torp or they got a weak point or something like that. So I'm not the massive like anime protagonist. Everyone mm. say, you know, it's, it's all about us working as a team. You know what? You should give a shout out to everyone on the team too. I don't know if we've actually gone through. Give a shout out to everybody, all the guys on there who killed it. Yeah, yeah. So um, during that particular attack, for example, on Susubo on the ISD out of phase, um, Ham came in. Ham came and marked it. That was one massive thing that that did it. I believe it was Red Leader came and shot some torps at it, um, and that was me obviously working at the back doing um, doing concussions and and throwing. It's like pa throwing paper at a brick wall, isn't it? Really, <laughs> but, um, you know. Um, yeah so and then there was ralph trying to defend the mc and then um uh, an ice cleric I, I don't even know i was so i was so sweating at the moment i, I, I didn't even know at the time <laughs> what people were doing so um shout out to them and sh shout out to gold for you know for the whole tournament putting in the work and spending their own time their own valuable time learning how to improve themselves at the game because you know like Broba for example I know you spent a lot of time practicing dumb fires so you get them all the time when we're in and you know what more can a team leader ask for than the hard work of his team yeah it's it's so awesome to see you guys just have those results now and yeah so looking forward to you guys seeing the SCL as well uh and uh, I mean um there's a chance maybe you you could be in qualify for the the Cal Cup. We're not exactly sure if Gas is going to take their spot, so we'll find out that. A lot. Of, what else you guys got? Uh, do you guys do any uh, streaming? Night. I know you stream, bro. But what about you? Uh, yeah, I stream uh, occasionally. It's been um, you know, as as the spring has gone on, uh, work is picking back. I I we talk about this all the time. Like I was so glad Squadrons came out. Uh, at a time when a lot of us had a lot more time at home because <laughs> uh, otherwise I, I don't think I would have been able to to put in the hours to to e even get you know e even a fraction of of the you know building the skills that that you need to to get to a place like this um, but um, so what oh my god what was the question switch to your uh, what's your twitch your Twitch oh, right, TV right, sorry. <laughs> uh, I got Broba, Broba Fett Gaming, yeah. Um, so it's uh, stream time is, is a little bit limited. A lot of it on there is nice, wholesome uh, Fortnite with the stepkids, um, some some Rocket League, Apex a little bit. Um, but, but by far, this was the most. I, I got to, to affiliate on Twitch so fast because of the awesome Squadrons community. Seriously. Like, uh, yeah. I, I, they just, so many people, like, I know so many names from from just queuing up randomly against them and then or with them and then like I I put one stream up that said like oh bro effect gaming and then like I had ten viewers the first time it's like hey welcome to Twitch like we're all here it was it was really cool man that's yeah the squadron community is so so supportive so that's that's awesome to see and Knight what was your your Twitch where are you streaming at what's your uh, handle there um, so my uh, my Twitch is Knight CA six um, and I. 
again, my, my stream has been limited mainly because of the fact that I'm a four, on, on a 4G network here. Um, now my, my actual internet is getting installed tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to be on um, almost every night now I'm going to be streaming. So it's going to be it's going to be pretty good. Awesome. Um, I can't wait to get back into it. And I can't wait to get rid of all that bullshit internet stuff and start <laughs> to, to play properly, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy engaging with the community like that and, and as Broburn you were saying um, it's so rare to find in a game like this um, you know a, a chance to to meet everyone face to face <laughs> and a chance to know who everyone is um, you'd never have any chance of that in COD or you know in, in whatever kind of other game um, this is what has mainly caused me to stick with squadrons um, as opposed to going off somewhere else is, is, is that community feel and that team and that um <laughs> that kind of development that you have by te by speaking to people you know it's yeah. it's really endearing it's really nice to see it is so true everybody's like so friendly it's got a much older sort of player base but i think it really it leads to people like being much more genuine i think than you might see in in a, in a younger game so I, i've loved it too it's definitely what keeps me around i love doing the podcast getting to know people i mean mixing with all the discord so i really want to thank you guys for for being on this podcast too uh, I really appreciate it, and thanks for everyone checking out the live stream here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is awesome. So we'll see everyone next time on the Star Wars Squadron podcast. Bye. 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 Bye.